Welcome to every one of our perspectives from the top community of listeners around the world to Reflections on the Top. Reflections is to help you get the best from the series by me, reviewing the key points from our latest guest, giving you some of my insights and suggesting a few simple practical actions that you can take now to get the best out of what our guest said to help you get to where you want to be. You'll also get much more out of Reflections Key Points if you've listened to the guest's interview and heard the broader discussion beforehand. Our last guest, Peter Woofley, started his career in McKinsey before joining Swiss Bank Corporation, which then merged with Union Bank of Switzerland to create UBS in 2002, soon after which he became CEO at just 44. The building of UBS is a Harvard case study on successful integration and transformation. In 2006, Peter started his Elia Foundation, focused on alleviating poverty around the world through entrepreneurial impact, and he left UBS in 2007. He's on the board of Signum Bank, the first digital asset bank in the world, and was on the board of Partners Group, one of the largest private equity investors. Peter's also honorary chairman of IMD Business School and an author. At this point, I should let you know that I worked with Peter at UBS when he was CEO, and I can absolutely confirm that all the insights and ideas that people spoke about in the interview are what he did on a day-to-day basis himself, unlike some leaders who say one thing and then do another. Now, Peter's first point was based on his work at McKinsey, and it was a simple reflection of actually what other guests have said, that where a collegiate and partnership environment exists, rather than a hierarchical one, things are more likely to go successfully. That also within this context, everyone should be able to express their views and indeed have an obligation to say if they think there is an opportunity to do things better. Obligation to dissent, as Peter described it. Peter said that this power of partnership is driven by inclusive leadership, which operates both vertically and horizontally in an organisation. But his view, and I would agree, is that there are still too many senior leaders operating a hierarchical approach to leadership, which doesn't optimise outcomes. Now, you've probably experienced this as well. You know, the real difference on you and the team's performance where everyone including your boss, are working in partnership rather than the boss just tell everybody what they have to do. But not only that, it's also about how good you felt in that partnership environment. Unusually for C-suite leaders in most of the world, Peter's also had military training and experience. That's because within Switzerland, there's a requirement for everyone to do some form of national service. This gives Peter the ability to identify where elements of military skills and leadership development can deliver benefits within a commercial context, as indeed I can, having seen both sides of the fence. Now, that's particularly in the areas of resilience, an operating method to respond quickly and effectively to dynamic situations, and the ability to manage a crisis. Now, I'd add to that that the military has a very strong we, not me culture, going to Peter's collegiate point, a culture that holds the team and organisation together during a challenging time, which many commercial organisations lack. Again, here we're back to the power of partnership. And Peter spoke about the criticality of trust-based relationships founded on clear values and purpose. Now, it's worth me saying here that my neuroscience studies have shown that the success of this type of environment is almost guaranteed as it's powered by really deep subconscious drivers, emotions and feelings 
that we have in response to the positivity and trust shown in us by those around us. Peter also mentioned the importance of leaders, no matter how senior, being seen to do what he described as real work, i.e. demonstrating their technical capability and at least some area of what the organisation needs to get done. But it's also clear that Peter's perspective on entrepreneurial activity is that it should not just be confined to the startup environment, but should happen even in large organisations. Now, this was one of the critical success factors that we worked on at UBS through developing entrepreneurial leadership within the organization's senior levels to create one UBS. But from both our experiences in UBS and from elsewhere, the mindset of the entrepreneurial leader in seeking out opportunity and therefore taking risk is something that is often contrary to some of the corporate governance and risk thinking of large organizations. Peter made the point that many people in senior roles in major organizations have never operated within the context of an entrepreneurial environment. So he posed the question, well, where is the entrepreneurship that the organization needs to survive long term? But UBS and some of both Peter's work and mine shows that leaders in large organizations can be entrepreneurial within an operational framework if given clear permission by senior leaders. But how many of you listening have been asked explicitly by your boss to speak out at any time if you see opportunity to do things better? Well, probably not that many. But if they did, it would probably boost your motivation as well as getting new ideas. Now, this led on to Peter's comments about his current work uh, in private equity, where this allows a more entrepreneurial approach to delivering organizational success than it might within a large listed organization. And he suggested that this was also illustrated by the revival of large family business sector within Europe, Asia and elsewhere. Peter's founding of his Elia Foundation was a pioneering first step in the world of impact investing. Now, that's the concept of using ground level entrepreneurs to alleviate poverty rather than the traditional development project approach. His foundation invests over a period of seven to 10 years to take a viable organization from startup to early growth. But the future of his organization, Peter suggested, was in utilizing entrepreneurial activity, not only to fight poverty, but also to deal with climate change at the same time. And he certainly proposed the principle that it should be possible to align liberal capitalism to be able to fight poverty and climate change at the same time as well. From my perspective, Peter poses some really interesting questions about whether the way we structure business is now optimal for the challenges we face and whether we need to have a deeper partnership between government, business and wider society within a framework of liberal capitalism. Now, if you want to go into greater depth on the point that Peter raised, then it would be well worth getting his book, Inclusive Leadership, to look at the leadership perspective and the book he co-authored on alleviating poverty through impact investing, The Elia Way, A Learning Journey to Sustainable Impact. For you listening, the points Peter made at the end of our discussion are powerful. And I don't think that I can think of points which you would be better to take and implement, to be honest. So what are they? One, never turn down an opportunity to learn. Two, always work in partnership through trust-based relationships. Three, never sacrifice friends or family for your job. 
Four, make sure you have a meaningful purpose to your work. Now, if we all listening today did just those four things as of tomorrow, it would not only transform our own lives and those around us, but also make our organizations significantly more successful. So try to implement Peter's ideas, and it would be great to hear your success stories. Maybe note down the key points from each reflection or use the scripts, because even with just Paul Epstein, Peter Mara, Sylvia Asfedo, Andy Byford, Lisa Gable, and now Peter, hopefully what you're seeing is a pattern of consistent actions that all our guests have taken to enable them to be successful, which you can replicate. Certainly, I will be using these powerful points in my speaking and masterclasses in the future. If you have any thoughts or questions, contact me on LinkedIn or via email as described on the website. Don't forget to sign up to Perspectives from the Top. It's free, so you won't miss any of the more than 25 great episodes we have coming up over the next year. That's it for now. So onwards and upwards until our next episode.